In the name of Jesus, amen. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. Dry bones. Desiccated bones that had been there a very long time. Dead bones. Defeated bones. We know they're defeated because victors claim they're dead. The loser's bones get left. Disordered bones. A great great heap of bones so you can't tell which thigh bone once connected to which hip bone. Decay and disorder and defeat, desiccation, despair, dead still in the valley of bones. But then you hear something. Some little movement, you think maybe you're just hearing things for a moment, but then as you wait just a couple of seconds, it becomes undeniable. It's a faint rattling. You try to place it, it kind of sounds like the, like the way that uh, antlers sound when they, they crush together. Maybe you know these fake antlers that, uh, that deer hunters will take and rattle together. That's what it sounds, sounds like when you hear it and it grows it's, it's growing, it's, it's louder and louder, but no, it's not, it's not deer antlers, but it's bone. It's bone rattling against bone and hip bone greeting long lost thigh bone. And you keep listening, there's another sound. It's like this, a slapping sound you begin to hear. It's, it's, uh, it's flesh smacking against flesh. Imagine the beginning of a sumo wrestling match <laughs> where two mounds of flesh slam up against each other, but not just one, but thousands happening over and over. And then the hum. But it's growing louder and, and louder too. It's like the sound, sound that people who have witnessed an actual tornado coming, them, coming at them describe, like the sound of a freight train growing louder and louder and louder. And then there it is, the great wind, whoosh! The Ruach Yahweh, the wind of the Lord, the holy breath, blowing, blowing into these now reboned, refleshed, and now rebreathed bodies, gasp after gasp, like when the movies have someone kind of die but not really, and they <gasps> jump back to life over and over and over. Whoosh! What a sight! Decay, desiccation, disorder, defeat, dead, and now whoosh! And an exceedingly great army. Fast forward six centuries. Not in a valley, but a room, a house. No bones here, but just as dry and nearly as dead. It's the great day of Pentecost, which should be, for these Jews, one heck of a party. All the houses on the street are festooned with lights, and there's great music coming out, and people are coming and going in festive attire. Except for one house on the block. Maybe you have a house like this on your block where all the shades are pulled, and it's dark. Doesn't seem to be much 
movement at all. And inside that house, inside that house, are the apostles and their friends. They're inside with their anger and their denial and their questions and their fears and their their just numbness. Maybe numbness as as much as, as anything. For there's been no sight of Jesus for like 10 days. What to do? How will we go on? But then that sound. The sound moving, we're told, from heaven. (laughs) Like the freight train coming louder and louder, the same old wind, but this time not the sound of rattling and slapping, but the sound, the sound your gas stove or grill makes when you turn the gas on and leave it on a little too long before the spark catches. You know the sound. Little flames, but not underneath your stakes, but little stake, little flames atop the heads of all those who are gathered in this no longer dark house. And finally, the great whoosh again. The Spirit of God, the Ruach Yahweh, the same old wind, inflates this group of people with such force that if they don't let it out, they will just burst. And what do they exhale? What do they exhale but a multitude of languages proclaiming the great works of God? What a sight. Afraid and angry, ignorant and numb, and then whoosh. An exceedingly great church. Ezekiel in the valley. And whoosh. Life. The apostles and the gang up in that in that house, whoosh again. So let me try something. <laughs> whoosh. Did you feel it? Yeah, let me try again. Whoosh. <laughs> no flames. Bummer. A red letter day, like like today, we we splurge for color ink on the front of the bulletins, an extra th- three cents a piece. <laughs> a couple stirring stories. Ezekiel's great whoosh in the valley. The same breath, the same spirit whooshes in that house. These glorious sights, warmth, and life to have been there and heard the rattle, to heard the tornado, to be caught up in the whoosh. Alas, two have been there. That then, there, would be here now. (laughs) These kind of stories ever make you feel that way? As wonderful as they are, a little part of you, or maybe a great big part, Hears them and has you, you, you saying, saying to yourself, usually, how about that happening here? How about that kind of surprise, out of nowhere, blowing of the Spirit, like right now? Do you maybe hear a great uh, a vision story like Ezekiel chapter 37 or the, the blowing of the Spirit in, in Acts chapter 2? You hear the whoosh. 
You get excited for about half a second. And then say to yourself, where's my whoosh? (laughs) I know dry. I know numb. I know dead. Where's my whoosh? I have this uh, a dream occasionally. Or I had it a long, well, not that long ago, but some, some time ago. doesn't matter when. And I've had it more than once. I'm old and gray. I get a little bit gray. And I'm like really gray and really old. I'm on a stage. Not, not a pulpit kind of stage, but I'm on a, like a, big, a big stage with a bunch of people in some sort of auditorium. Um, I must be pretty significant because I'm like some sort of inspirational speaker that people have come to hear me. <laughs> and I'm telling, I'm telling a story to these people. Again, this is an older me. About how one day, maybe it was 30 years ago or 40 years ago or 50 years ago, how everything changed for the better. It's not one, but it's kind of like an an addict got sober kind of story. I'm telling about how kind of out of nowhere, what kind of had been dark all of a sudden became light. Everything changed. The, The stale became fresh. And I've had this dream more than once, a very similar dream anyway. And it's usually when some particular conflict or type of conflict has come up again. Or some hang-up or some sin and its consequences have reared their head again. Or some relationship has been tough again. And remember, remember in, the, in the dream, in the dream world, it's an old me looking back to what has not yet actually happened in the waking world. It's it's me uh, looking back at this dramatic turn that has not yet taken place in the me who is having the dream. Now maybe like yours, most of my dreams are just a bunch of disjointed junk. But I don't think it takes uh, Joseph in Egypt to crack this one. That is me dreaming, where's my whoosh? Dreaming about telling about a great whoosh that has not yet happened because I really, really wanted to. Maybe you can relate. Uh, with, with, With or without the dream, maybe you can relate to asking, where is my whoosh? Or I should say this too, maybe you can't. Maybe you are even now in the middle of some great, tremendous whoosh moment. Maybe your darkness is turning bright and the numbness is beginning to tingle after a long time of deadness and the Spirit of God is acting in your life and your world in a way which is undeniable. Maybe you are, you are hearing the good news of Jesus and his inexhaustible grace in a new and transforming way, in a, in a way that makes you want to dance a jig. Or, or maybe it's that spirit-wrought forgiveness is somehow rekindling a relationship that you soon was long dead. Or, or I mentioned that addict story. 
I'm looking forward to soon, I think it's in a couple months, all the the, uh, 12-step programs that have been meeting in our church to to start meeting again so I can pop in on them like I often do just to hear these wonderful stories. Do people say, and then God changed my life, everything turned around, and it was nothing but God's grace and this meeting that made it happen. If you're in the middle of one of those, If that's you, if you're all a whoosh, will God bless you? And please tell me or tell someone, because when God whooshes, it's not just meant for you. It's meant for the whole people of God. So we can rejoice with you and magnify the Lord. But still the valleys and the griefs and the numbness, the dark house with the shades pulled in your neighborhood, Maybe it's in your neighborhood because you live there. What does a great whoosh day like Pentecost have to say to you, to all those asking in one way or another, where's my whoosh? Well, the first thing it has to say is that it's coming. If when talking about that great vision from Ezekiel 37, if I had described the rest of it, I would also have emphasized the fact that it's a vision, And describe the fact further that the prophet is being given a vision of something which has not yet happened. Kind of like my dream. All that rattling and smacking and the the whooshing is given to a prophet in the Valley of Bones who even after he is given a vision of the post-whoosh valley will still be in the pre-whoosh valley. (laughs) But he'll be there with something. He'll be there with a promise. The, the valley itself won't be changed. He will be changed because he'll be in the prophet. He'll be the prophet in the valley still, but he'll be the prophet in the valley with a promise. The promise that the day is coming when all the death and despair and desiccation and all that stuff will be whooshed away. And that promise is not nothing. In fact, a lot of times, in my experience, that promise is the only thing that gets a lot of valley people out of bed in the morning. No, a promise is not nothing, especially especially when it's the promise of the one who raised Jesus from the dead, who died for you. A, a promise is not nothing when it's the promise of the one who on Easter whooshed his son to life. A promise is not nothing when it's spoken by the one who not only whooshed on Easter, but by the same spirit that raised Jesus on Pentecost, raised a group of doubting, angry, numb apostles, whooshed them into action, and inflated them with living breath, exhaled as words of hope and forgiveness and grace. A great whooshing that was so great And this is the other thing Pentecost has for you. A great whooshing that was so great, so great, that if you can just stand still for a second, you might be able to feel it even now. In the name of Jesus, I forgive you all your sins, even those. Take and eat and drink 
You have a place forever at the table of the Lord. Whoosh. Son, daughter, mother, father. Your mother, father, son, daughter will live again. Whoosh. Did you feel it? It's a whoosh so great, it it just might start whooshing through you. Might just start inflating you so that if you don't exhale grace and forgiveness to people who deserve it as little as you, you'll just burst. In fact, this too, instead of where's my whoosh, or at least instead of only that, with the spirit of Pentecost, the spirit of Jesus on the loose, you might just start getting little hints of the great whoosh in the oddest of places. For that's one of the great whooshers, the Holy Spirit's favorite tactics. To inflate little normal things you'd never think were that significant, to inflate normal things like that with his presence and make even them pointers to Jesus. And so I'll conclude with one goofy story, which is the Holy Spirit's fault, because it's really kind of a non-sequitur. It's more just cute, but I've been thinking about it all week, so I'm assuming it's the great whoosher. Little story. Again, it's just a cutesy story, but then it has a better point. <laughs> month ago, I'm at my son's football game, before his football game. He's 11, and so the little guys, like little guys, like 7, 8, just finished up before him. And there's one, 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 one guy there, he's about two feet tall. I mean, he, he looks like a hobbit. He's wider than he is. So. <laughs> you know, pudgy little head, just bursting out of his shoulder pads. He's all red-faced, and he's, he's got the buzz cut. He looks, like a, he looks like a football player, like from the 50s. And he's there drinking his purple Gatorade and enjoying the heck out of his, his, uh, his post-game Doritos. Mom holding his helmet because he's got his equipment, Doritos and Gatorade. And um, orange face and stuff, he, he looks up at his mom and he says, Mama, did we win? <laughs> no. Uh, she puts his, her hand on his shoulder and she says, No, son, we lost 38 to 0. <laughs> Finishes his, his Gatorade, looks up at her and says, That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which you could go a lot of ways with that. Everything's cool when you got Gatorade and Doritos, love of the game, how adults ruin sports for kids. You could go all that sort of stuff. But for me, the Holy Spirit inflated that little story so that I was able to overhear that. Overhear it as something caught up in the in the great whoosh and tell me something different. Inflated with the Holy Spirit, even that little uh, story there said something like this. It said, win or lose, uh, in the valley, in the house, even if not quite awesome, it can still be okay. Because even better than Gatorade and Doritos, you still have those little whooshes. And you have Jesus, and you have his meal, and you have his promise of a bone-rattling, flesh-smacking, re-breathed, refreshed, whooshing to come. Come, Holy Spirit.
Amen.